don't know if you feel like it today, but it feels like a really up Sunday. <clears throat> Even way before the service, it just felt so joyful, so exciting. People were smiling like crazy. I think God is good. Okay, going to try to do my message today that I didn't do last week because it got preempted by the communion message. But I hope you can get really excited as we just look back at Israel's journey through the wilderness. Because it's really about our journey once we receive Jesus Christ in the wildernesses of this life. And as we look at what Israel went through, we can know no matter what we go through, we can maintain our faith in a God who's with us and is going to take us into our promised land. In Numbers 33:1, these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. They were separated from all times and for all times <clears throat> from bondage. They were free, and yet we know in the story of their history and the journey that they kept in the 40 years that bondage was deeply inside of them. And they had a real struggle trusting God. The moment we receive Jesus Christ, the moment we let God's love take hold of us, we step out of Egypt and we begin our journey into God's promises and all that he has for us. Although our journey is like the wilderness journey of the children of Israel, our feelings and emotions and what we see may not look like we're free. But that verse I gave you last week, I feel like it's such a powerful verse. It's in Leviticus 17.11 that the power of the blood brings healing to the soul, that through the blood of Jesus, the healing we have in our lives touches those areas where our emotions and the past things that have happened to us would try to keep us from the joy and the excitement that God is with us. Even though we may be in a wilderness today, we are going to go through that wilderness and we're going to see God move. And yes, we're going to go into another wilderness because it's the process of life. But we have to look back at our life and just like... Um, Moses was recounting the journey of the children of Israel. It was for them to remember how what they went through, God was with them. And the miracles, the signs and wonders God did to show that he was who he said he was. And that to bring them into a new hope of living life differently than they had lived. This one little commentary wrote this little verse. The recital of Israel's itinerary since Egypt, serves as a reminder of God's care through the wilderness years. Through Jesus Christ, we went out of bondage. And through our life in Jesus Christ, we learned to experience that God cares for us deeply. Even though our emotions and our circumstances would lie to us and tell us something different, God is moving us out of the past. In number 33, 2, now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting points. It's interesting when you read um, Exodus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, you see the different starting points. And it's interesting from the different starting points, we can look back at our own lives and see the starting points with God. The starting points of where we accept him and then what we go through, the different seasons that we go through in our life as Christians, there's always a new starting point. There's always a new journey out of the wildernesses into a new place. 
and there's always fresh wildernesses that we find ourselves in, but it's going to cause us to come into a new spiritual starting place in our life. God's purpose is discovered. His purpose for our life is discovered in our wilderness journey. Learning from Israel's journey in 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Now all these things happened to the children of Israel as examples, and they were written for our warning upon whom the ends of the ages have come. I feel like we, we um, don't really realize where we are in history. The, the culmination of what all that God was doing from the Old, and New Test, Old Testament through the New Testament was to get to Jesus, have Jesus come on the scene. And we've been 2,000 years since Jesus came and died. We are so in the end of days. We are so into seeing the climax of everything that's going on. That's why there's a heightened revival urge and prayer throughout the nations. There are so many people coming to Christ, but there's such an excitement. We see and hear more about more miracles, more healings, more miraculous things, because we are at the culmination of all things. And we could see in our own life, our children could see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, to see the Antichrist ushered in. And so that verse is powerful. We more than ever, can glean from what Israel went through, glean from our own experience, but have this heightened expectation that God is with me. In fact, the more you feel alone, the more you feel like everything is coming against you, the more excited you could get because Jesus Christ is in the midst of your life and he's doing incredible things. And miracles are going to unfold. The impossible is going to unfold before you because God wants to show you and show through your life the glory of who he is and the power of who he is in Christians today because we're at such a time in history that he wants the world to see his people shine out and be powerful in witness and be a testimony of his kingdom. Amen. Through the wilderness journey, we really learn to trust the Lord. And it's that process of going through things. And we all deal with the unbelief we have when we're going through situations and circumstances that are overwhelming. And we feel like God has abandoned us. But it's in that place and that process where we learn to really trust deeply in who God is. In Numbers 33.3, Israel departed from Ramses in the first month. On the 15th day of the first month, on the day after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with boldness in the sight of all the Egyptians. I don't know if you remember when you first accepted Christ. I remember as... Uh, an eight-year-old kid when I, re when I felt God's love come to me, but when I accepted Christ when I was nine, I remember going home that night after, after the meeting, after I accepted Christ, and just being excited, singing these little songs to myself, asking my dad questions. Just, I was going through the house just praising God and really exuberant. That boldness happens when we have that experience with Jesus Christ, and that prophetic word today is saying that more people are starting, going to start coming out of their tombs and they're going to have powerful experiences that are going to dwarf things that they've gone through, uh, depression, uh, uh, different illnesses and things that were on us that as we come out, there's a boldness that comes over us because we're aware that God has just done something supernatural, another thing he's done to show us victory in our wilderness. <clears throat> God exposes the false gods. When we're spiritually alive, God begins to expose the things that we used to believe or the things that were untrue. 
and Numbers 33, 4, for the Egyptians were bearing all their firstborn, whom the Lord had killed among them. Also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgments. You remember the things that <clears throat> came align in your theology, in your understanding once you received Jesus? Do you remember how the light came on and you began to understand spiritual things and you kind of wonder how can the people around you ignore such a powerful truth that Jesus Christ is Lord and even though we can't see him, there's a powerful source of God that's unseen and yet all around us. It's in creation, it's in our lives and it's once you come to Christ, there's such a, a rising up inside of who you are as a Christian that you wonder, wow, how could I have been in doubt? Maybe uh, you went through a wrestling process and people were bringing the gospel message to you and you were resistant. But then all of a sudden when you received it, it's like, wow, the light came on. My mom told me when she accepted the Lord, I think she was in her probably mid-30s, she said it was like she went out and hung clothes the next day and she said everything was so much brighter. The colors were so much crystal clear and so much brighter than they had ever been. What was the difference? She said, I just accepted Jesus. I had just been born again. <clears throat> We're renewed and transformed in our mind. Our beliefs are readjusted. Israel had their life turned upside down because of God's love. Because God loves you. He is going to bring and show you deliverance. In Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8, you can apply this to your own life. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you were the least of all peoples. Maybe you have felt rejected or not as uh, classy as anybody else. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It says that for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. Put your name in there. For God so loved you, he's demonstrated his love, and he's going to continue to demonstrate his love in your life and for your life because he has you in transition. He has you in a process. He has you going through a wilderness in this life, and maybe you're finding sometimes things that you once prized in this life are slowly dimming and drifting away. It's because the light is shining. It's because Jesus is in you, because the wilderness is refining your old nature and causing you to, to get a hunger for more of the things of God that are eternal. Ever thought about this? Learning to camp. <clears throat> The definition of camp, a place with temporary combinations of huts and tents or other structures, typically used by soldiers, refugees, or prisoners, or even travelers. Camping is not permanent. A lot of you may have some fond memories about camping. You know, if you're uh, one of those persons that like to camp and you don't mind roughing it, it's exciting to get out there in the wilderness and the trees and the fresh air. But if you like hotels and clean beds and sheets and a pool, you may not want to go camping. It's just that whole thing about being in a place of, that's not, for, it's not permanent. When you're vacation camping, it's exciting. You don't mind getting a little dirty. It's good camping. What about camping when you're stuck in a season? You're stuck in a wilderness. You're stuck in the unknown. You're stuck in something that's not pleasant. 
In Numbers 33, 5, the children of Israel moved from Ramses and camped in Succoth. Succoth was a place east of Jordan. Jacob, who was called Israel, had built a house and booths for his animals. I guess it was fitting that the first place they camped out of Egypt was a place that their namesake had built tents. And In Numbers 33.6, Israel departed from Succoth and camped at Ethan, which is on the edge of the wilderness. The edge of the wilderness. It was kind of a hint to them they're about to go into another place that was maybe not as inviting as where they just came out of. And it was interesting thinking about camping because I got really excited this morning in prayer. I, I wrote a whole page of just kind of, kind of looking at my life's journey with God. In 1956, being four years old when my parents got saved and they began to take us to church. I've been going to church for 64 years almost every Sunday, unless I was sick or something. As I began to write down my journey of camping, there's a lot of unpleasant things. There's a lot of boring times of camping. But then I began to notice some miracles that happened as I camped. I began to notice that I was in seven places of church attendance. As a young person, I was in the Baptist church, and until they changed their doctrine and they kind of didn't believe you have to accept Jesus anymore. We left this one Baptist denomination. But I had been there for 10 years. I was baptized in water as a young person in that church. I experienced a lot of memories and songs that are deep in my heart. I remember being four, five or six years old, singing in a, in a, in a choir, a children's choir, and having to sing a, a, little, a little middle part of a song as a, as a solo, and being scared to death. I remember a transition to the next church was another Baptist church where we always served. My dad was always working and serving in the churches, so we were always serving, always serving with him. I remember whatever happened with my dad getting disillusioned. And you know, you can go along with God and get disillusioned. And I believe that's part of the wilderness test. Even as we see the children of Israel, they became disillusioned with the freedom they had from Egypt. And we see and read the story that they began to grumble a lot of times because life, what they were experiencing in their present, was, did not match what they expected it to be if they were really free from Egypt. And for whatever reason, my dad pulled us out, and to this day, my youngest sister said, that's messed me up with God. That my dad took me out of church when I was just, as a young, young person, just really getting into God and everything. But for whatever reason, I was out of church for like, like about six months. That was long enough. During that time, though, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I thought, wow, the journey with God, it's so incredibly hard, and, and yet it's so incredibly enjoyable. It's so incredibly full of God's presence, and yet the boring times. I remember you know, working as a night janitor. I remember driving home after the glorious experiences. I Probably the most profound experiences I had ever had in worship was in my early 20s and when I worked nights as a janitor. I remember driving home after one of our meetings in the Lutheran church because we didn't have a building. And I remember after probably about the, the second year or so or 
after just having those experiences, I felt disillusioned. I felt a delusion because, God, how can I have such high experiences with you on Sunday? And driving home, I'm getting ready to go back into my dull routine of being a janitor. And I, I wrote down this morning, I'm thinking, like, I've reflected on this a lot over the last probably 30 years. And today I realized, even the moment I expressed disillusionment with God coming home, in that moment where I complained with God after leaving church, I realized right away God changed my job. Within the, the next few months, God totally changed my job, and I had a new, whole new experience and a whole new wilderness to deal with. I had a new starting point, but that starting point was a new wilderness. You know, the things sometimes we pray for now create a whole new series of problems for us that we forget. You're not in that wilderness anymore. God has moved, but you have equal number of new problems and challenges and things you must deal through with your emotions and your thoughts to rise to this new level that God has with you. But it was, so, it was so neat for me just to kind of go through some of these things. And maybe this week you could sit down and kind of write your journey with God. I think it'll encourage you. Because as you write down your journey with God, you begin to write down the miraculous things he's done for you. I remember writing down as a young adult in this process of being single, but in my early 20s of having Bell's palsy and having a diagnosis that you're not going to be ever probably move the, the um, left side of your face again. Because you have, the neurologist said, you have something where there's 10% of the people, once you get Bell's palsy, you, you, never, you never get free from it. Went, had the elders pray for me, and within, a, within a two months or so, it was gone. God did a miracle. To, to recount the miracles that God does on your journey, even though we're most of the time, we just remember the hard times. We remember the times where we get attitudes like the children of Israel, like we get stubborn and angry with God because we don't see things changing as fast as we like to change. Maybe it's that prodigal that you're praying for and the enemy's lying to you saying, you're never going to come. Oh no, they're getting worked on right now and they're coming. Just a little bit of my journey. <laughs> they moved from Etham and turned back to Pi-Hithroth, which is east of Baal-Sephion, and they camped near Migdal. Pi-Hithroth was a camp just before transition. Do you remember the days before you got free? Do you remember the agony you might have gone through? Like, what's life all about? Where am I going? And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a chance to receive Jesus. Everything changes. Before God moved you from your Egypt, we usually can't take it anymore. We're so frustrated with life. We're so frustrated. And we think like, I, that's it. Kind of like what Diane said about crying out. You get to the place where you just start crying out and think things are going to change. You know, you just put up with something for so long. It's part of God getting us ready to transition and to, to start again. Migdal was the last camp before crossing the Red Sea. Crossing the Red Sea does not mean life's journey will not be easy, will now be easy. Crossing the Red Sea for us is like being born again. It's the greatest transition a person can make in this life. And yet in the natural life, it could seem like 
it's no big deal. Because so often we expect everything to change in our life to fit what we want it to be. Crossing the Red Sea, like water baptism, signifies leaving our past life. But many of us know it's a lot of working out things to have those experiences break off of us that are traumatic and that steal our joy. But before then, and then now, after you make that decision, really our vision of God begins to expand. Once we receive Jesus, the revelation of who God is and our vision for our life begins to expand greatly. And the, the longer you go with God and the more you grow in God, the vision you have expands beyond what your circumstances are like, beyond what your feelings are like, even beyond what your wilderness season that you're in is like, even if it's been a long season. We want, to take, we want God to take us out of things. But God doesn't take us out of things. He takes us out of the midst of things. What are you in the midst of right now? What are you wanting to God to take you out of? What is, what is the wilderness journey that you want to see changed? When the enemy is chasing you, the wilderness can be a great place to hide. Wilderness has its good points. The definition of wilderness is an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. Are you in a wilderness that's inhospitable right now? Wilderness is also unfamiliar foreign to what we know or expect. And I think that's where we get disillusioned, just like the children of Israel when they began to complain about where they were at. They didn't like anything about it because inside they didn't have things worked out. There was a deep trust that had not been established with God and they didn't like that they didn't have any control over their wilderness experience. Camping at Marah, Marah means bitterness, Sometimes it's not where you camp, but what is inside of you. The people were angry. They were on the run. There was no rest. Pharaoh's armies had just been behind them. They were thirsty. In Exodus 15, 23 through 26, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. I think that also signifies sometimes the places we find ourselves in God. Sometimes we find ourselves in such bitter places in our life. Death, loss, setbacks, financial, physical, relationships. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. It is God who will deal with our bitter. God will deal with what is causing us pain and sorrow. God will change the wilderness journey that it what it's done to us in our attitude and in our emotions, in the hardening of our heart towards God and others. There he made 
written laws and ordinances for them. And there he tested them. Yes, in, through every wilderness we're going through because God's doing such a deep work of transformation in our spirit that there are a lot of tests during our wilderness times. So God tested them and he said, if you diligently diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, all his written laws, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I feel that verse is so um, prophetic for today and how we're expecting and receiving and drawing on God's miraculous power to bring healing to our bodies. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And since Jesus went to the cross, since he was beaten so for our healing, it's just a um, kind of like a confirmation of what God promised way back here in the Old Testament, that he is, it's the Lord who heals us. It's the Lord who wants to heal us and wants to transform us, and he's the one that works it out. Our wilderness testing, God uses to teach us obedience so that we can be in more blessing. Will we trust the Lord on our wilderness journey through this life? An oasis. Definition of an oasis is a fertile spot in the desert where waters are found. Do you ever feel like you're going through a wilderness and all of a sudden God takes you into a, a, an oasis where by God's grace he lifts you supernaturally out of what you're going through and gives you like this break in the middle of dryness spiritually and frustration. It's almost like your faith rises to this place and all you see is goodness of God and you don't even... Uh, see or feel hardly your terrible wilderness experience that you're going through. In Numbers 33, 9, Israel had moved from Marah and came to Elam. And at Elam were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And so they camped there. It's so neat about God that we can go through wildernesses that are very painful and times and seasons that are very hurtful, but then he takes us into places that are like that oasis where there's plenty of spiritual water, you feel like you're never going to have a problem again. Ever have those times where you feel like, oh, I just came out of something and I'm never going to have a problem again? It's nice to have those feelings. I hope they last. After bitter water, the wilderness test, God blesses. Again, if you're camping, you like to camp by trees and water, right? Camping is good in those places. Camping by the Red Sea in Numbers 33.10. We'll probably stop here. Israel moved from Elam and camped by the Red Sea. Again, every time God moves us, it's a new start. Have you ever returned to a place you experienced freedom? Remember, God wants us to inherit something. We can only wonder what the people of Israel thought when they returned to the place God had delivered them from. God triggers the past, triggers exposed things that God wants to heal. It's usually healing in our emotions, healing for our thoughts, healing so we can move forward.